Pearl Time is brought to you by Camp Lighthouse, which provides a free Christian camp for kids who otherwise could not experience it. Camp Lighthouse has a vision to be the light of Jesus in a dark and broken world, one person at a time. This is also the purpose of this podcast, where we will dive into biblical truth and hear insightful interviews from ministry leaders who are living out those truths each day. Turtle Time is the name of the rest time period during the summer camp ministry at Camp Lighthouse. So our hope is that you will experience a little rest in the middle of your busy and chaotic week. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Turtle Time. I'm going to be your host today. I'm Allison Reeves. And today we're going to be talking about a concept that I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, which is reaching the least and the lost. We will be reading out of Matthew 25 today, specifically verses 31 through 46. We will focus on the phrase that Jesus says, which is, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And some things that I will share might seem a little controversial to you, but if you're following along with Alan's preaching on 1 Timothy, or if you've ever read literally any part of the Bible, you know that God's word is always true, but not always easy to stomach. And you might hear a truth or um, a different way of looking at things than you've looked at it before. So let's dive into this passage. This chapter is a group of three parables that Jesus shares to demonstrate the end times, what will happen, and how we need to specifically prepare while we're here on earth. This last part of the chapter that we're going to look at contrasts sheep, people who care for others while on earth, to goats, those who ignore the needs of others. So we're going to start in verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man comes into his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. So, in the end of days when Jesus returns, all the nations, all people will be gathered together. And we will be physically separated into two groups. This immediately gives me flashbacks of being separated into teams in PE as a kid and really, really wanting to be on one team over another. In this particular case, you would really, really want to be on team sheep on the right. Now verse 34. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. 
This passage reminds me of my husband, Andrew. I probably talk about him too much, but I am the president of his fan club. Andrew is one of the most generous people I have ever met. On one of our first dates, I saw him give money to a homeless man at a gas station. I wondered if he was doing that only because I was in the car, and he thought it might impress me. But he never said anything about it to me. I started to see his generosity in many different ways, but what always struck me was him always giving money to those that asked him for it. You see, there was a time in my life when I had been told by either a teacher or some authority figure of some kind that you aren't supposed to just give money to homeless people because you never know if they will use the money to buy drugs or alcohol to fuel an addiction. Some of you might have heard this argument too. It's better to give them gift cards or give them food than just giving them money. So this idea was ingrained in my brain and it actually had really stifled my generosity. Whenever I saw people with please help me signs outside of Target or Publix, I immediately went to the skeptical way of looking at things instead of just seeing somebody who needed a little extra help. But when I asked Andrew about this, his answer was simple. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but if they need money and I have some to spare, why wouldn't I give them some? It has to take a lot of guts to ask someone to give you money. And there it was. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or going to visit you? Whatever you do for the least of these, whatever you do for the people who are simply asking for some help, you do for me. God doesn't call us to only spend time helping the particular people we want to help. He doesn't call us to only spend time with the people who are going through ministries or organizations to ask for money. He calls us to help all who need it, all who are hungry, all who are thirsty. And just like in faith stories, we may never see the impact of our gift to someone. We may never see what that five or 10 or $20 is spent on, but that also isn't our job. Our job isn't to police generosity. It is simply to be generous. The second part of this passage is intense. Verse 41 says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and not help you. He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Now do not be confused into believing that this is basically saying that works determine eternal life. That's the wrong way to look at it. 
instead see giving to the least of these as the fruit of your belief. If you believe that God saved you, that he gave you everything you have, generosity will pour out of you as evidence of your faith. But if you do not believe that what God has given to you is actually his, you may save it all for yourselves, therefore leaving the least of these to struggle on their own. What always strikes me is that the least of these, or the people who have the least or need the most, are often people just like you and I. People with families, kids, jobs, stress, joyful times, believers. In fact, sometimes the least of these are people you work with, go to school with, or see out at Kroger. And when we turn a blind eye to their needs, we also turn a blind eye to Jesus. That hits hard. But I believe that Jesus was trying to hit us hard with this parable. He wanted us to understand that the more we turn away from others, the more we turn away from him. So here is my challenge for you. Pray that God would show you a way this week to be generous to someone who needs it. And then, when he gives you the opportunity, don't shy away from it. Do not worry about what will happen next. Let God's generosity flow out of you without inhibition. Now, we have an interview next about what it looks like to serve the least and the lost with one of our Camp Lighthouse partner agencies. I hope you enjoy it. Turtle Time is brought to you by Camp Lighthouse, which provides a free Christian camp for kids who otherwise could not experience it. Camp Lighthouse does this by partnering with various homeless transitional centers and community ministries around Atlanta. They bring their kids to camp for several days and nights of fun, fellowship, laughter, and worship. The goal is for each camper to have their own counselor. This allows the counselor the opportunity to be the light of Jesus in each child's life in a real and deeply relational way. If you would like to learn more about this ministry or how you can support it, go to camplighthouse.org. All donations go directly towards helping kids experience the light of Jesus, one person at a time. Now, back to our show. Uh, this is Alan White, and I'm here with Lorenzia, who is the uh, enrichment coordinator at Paul Kids, which is one of our partner agencies for Camp Lighthouse, who brings campers to our summer camp. And Paul Kids is a ministry in the Grove Park area of Atlanta. Uh, so, Lorenzia, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for joining us. We're going to have a good time today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> but the passage that we're talking about today is out of Matthew 25 and talking about the least of these. And I know that that's a big heart of your ministry and, of course, your mom's ministry that is the the founder of Paul Kids. And so it talks about giving Jesus saying that whoever gives the clothes off their back and the food off their table essentially to one of those in need, they do it as if doing it for me. Mm-hmm. And so we should serve the least of these. And so as a community ministry, what are the different ways, big picture, that Paul Kids does those things? Okay, so we're basically a resource center for the Grove Park community. Um, we have a food pantry, which we give um, 30 pounds of food to families. Um, we have the aftercare program. So on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we open our doors to about 35 kids and they can come and get help with homework. Um, they can participate in team building activities. Um, what else? We have a gathering place and that's where anybody in the community, they can come and they can rent that place out and they can host events. 
We also offer counseling to the community, and that's free of charge. So it's like a group setting counseling um, and family counseling. Yeah, so we're basically a resource center for the Grove Park community. Not just the Grove Park community, but we also serve outside of Grove Park. Um, so, yeah. And we've had some conversations offline about even your transition. I know I came last year and I helped with tutoring. Mm-hmm. And and you still do tutoring. That's a piece of it. Mm-hmm. But you said you also focused a lot on just some of the trauma that's existed, even right. just in the past couple of years. What does that look like? Um, so for my kids, we do activities like sand. What is it? It's like a sand tray activity. Um, we have like a, a lot of volunteers that come in and lead those activities because that's not my specialty. But we have a lot of volunteers that come in and lead um trauma activities for our kids Uh, they can get counseling and we have a lot of volunteers for that and so you think about where Paul Kids is in your community what's the role that you're hoping to play just in this because you're very you're you're, you've become bigger and bigger and bigger over the past couple of years I I see your stuff everywhere but you're still this very like community driven ministry so what's kind of your hope for your local just kind of neighborhood and school area kind of as you're as you're dreaming well our hope is for us to be a resource for the community um (laughs) um, give me one second well my dream is is to be an advocate for the child that can't speak up for themselves um i can't speak on that situation but we I've experienced like a lot of situations where I know a child is being mistreated, but they can't really speak up um, because either they don't they don't want to tell on a parent or they don't want to be separated from their siblings. So I just want to be an advocate for that child. Um, I want to be an outlet for that child for them to feel safe to tell me what's going on with them and how I can help that child. You're kind of a safe haven. Yeah, the safe haven for that kid. So for you, you know, obviously you wear, you know, any any person that's in charge of a nonprofit and is working heavily nonprofit, you, you know, you you take out the trash and you do the budget, right? You kind of do everything. Well, what's your sweet spot? Like, what do you love most about what you get to do with Paul Kids? I love doing things for people and making people happy. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I love doing things for people. Kids, adults? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. And you also do a lot of things off campus. Like you have a lot of programs obviously on campus and you've kind of created this really beautiful community space here physically at Paul Kids. But you also do a lot of it in your summer program and you go off campus a lot. What's the the hope there? What's the reasoning kind of behind trying to get away and do all these different trips and things? Um, For the kids, um, just so they can experience things outside of what they're normal, normal to. So, um, like, we have a lot of kids that's never been outside of Bankhead of Gro- or Grove Park. Um, by them coming here, they get to experience things like that. Yeah, they get to experience things outside of Grove Park. So, and then your partnership and, and, and build a relationship with God yeah. on their own. Right. Like, it's not forced. Like, they, they, they build that relationship on their own. So. I'm glad you said that about, about God. So that was yeah. my question. The next question was... <laughs> You were founded out of two churches, I believe, or two right. ministries, right? Right. And what, so what's your church partnership situation look like now? It's 
I'm the only staff, but I have a lot of a lot of volunteers. Um, Northside Drive is I have a lot of volunteers from Northside Drive Church. That's pretty much where all of my volunteers come from. Um, so I have a group of 30 women. Um, they they're signed up as prayer partners, but they also help out with homework and different activities for the kids. That's for after school now. Right. The, the, yeah, that's just, I'm, I can only speak on after, after school. school programs. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So when you see you know what the kids are experiencing and what they're going through, um, especially think about COVID and how weird that was with the school and just all that kind of stuff, what would be some ways that people could be praying for your kids and your ministry? Just to keep them lifted in prayer. Um, a lot of my parents suffer from mental health, so... That's the biggest problem. It's just the environments, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so if people wanted to support Paul Kids, how could they go about supporting you guys? Um, if they're trying to volunteer, they can go on our website um, and send the email. The, the email is on the website. So once you go on the website, it'll have like a, a, a tab that says get involved, I believe. And um, you just click on that and send us the email. As to what you want to do, what ways you want to get involved, and then we y'all can, open all kinds of ways. Yeah, okay, all great. Kinds of ways. Awesome. Awesome. So, so we're always in need of snacks. Um, we need like TV dinners um, for the food pantry, and we always need like um, torture items. Well, Lorenzia, thank you for joining us today, and thank you for all the ministry that you're doing at Paul Kids. We'll see you next time.